My name is Gregory Cook Jr. and you are now listening to another episode of Greg Talks. My name is Greg, of course. I am a sophomore biomedical engineering major here at Oakland University. And today we're here to talk about a special topic indeed. This one will be a little bit more uh, deeper than the things I've talked about in the past. Specifically, we're talking about inclusion and diversity being African-American students here at our school. And we just want to give you some of our thoughts in regards to um, if we feel included or um, how we can feel more included in the future here at Oakland University. So without further ado, I'll have my co-host introduce herself. Hey guys, you know me, I'm Erin. I am a clinical diagnostics and science major, and I'm currently a freshman here at Oakland University. And we have two more guests joining us today, Marissa. Um, hi, um, Marissa, and I am a junior here at Oakland University, and my major is music with a minor in jazz. Um, cool. <laughs> <laughs> um, hello, my name is, well, everybody can just call me Gibby, that's just my nickname that everybody calls me, I like to go by that. I am currently a junior, and my major is information technology. Okay. Thanks for joining us Thanks today, guys. Thanks for joining us no today. Problem. So um, here's how this is going to go. I'm just going to give out a few questions in regards to the topic, and then you guys are each going to go around, starting with Aaron, Marissa, and Gibby. And then after the question, I'll just, like, after each question, I'll have you guys share, like, your final thoughts on just like everything that we've talked about and then we'll just kind of do our little closer. So our first question is going to be, let me just pull it up really quick here. All right. So have you ever experienced any social pressure or pressures as a result of your race while attending Oakland University? Well, I'm a freshman, so it's only been about three months since I've been here. Started back in August with the CMI program, which is an early program where you can um, meet new people and get acquainted with your environment before the university actually starts. Right. I know that a lot of my family has um, put pressure on me to get like a PhD, like be first like African American be like an actual doctor in my family. Um, I know that whenever I wear like a bandana, right? There are a lot of people that like flinch back. Like whenever I like take When you say like flinch, what do you mean? You're just walking up the sidewalk, Just walking? Yeah. And it's like all natural and easygoing. And Mm -hmm. then like you start to pull something out of your pocket, like a cell phone or something like that. And they're like, they stop. Or like you're walking and then they like give you a look and you're like, so profiling, essentially. There you go. Yeah. But as in regards to, like, actual, like, racism stuff, I feel like Oakland is, like, very heavily, like, black as it is white, as I'm mm-hmm. starting to notice, at least in my classes. So I don't really feel any pressure as an African-American here. Okay. Thanks for sharing, Erin. Always appreciate it. Now, Marissa. Um, kind of want to piggyback off of what you were saying too. Um, the whole like your family wants to to be pretty much better than they were. I feel like 
a lot of people, I think just besides black people experience that because, you, you know, from a parent's perspective, they always want their child to do better than they always done. But um, the social pressure part, I think from my personal experiences, um, because like half of my life, I didn't live in like prestigious areas. Um, so I kind of understood like what it's like to be a black person within a predominantly white school or predominantly white neighborhood. And, you know, you get certain looks from certain people, some people you don't, um, whether you are in a community where you see people that look like you, you automatically feel comfortable. You automatically feel like you're understood. And I kind of experienced that um, here. Um, I give an example, I would say for like Greek life, I noticed um, like most of the black people that's within those organizations, I've noticed for me, they have a prestige about themselves. Like they feel like they are like one up against everyone, especially black people. When yeah. it's like, we should all feel like we're in, not, 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 not like in this together, but it's like, you shouldn't have to downgrade another black person right. just because of like, you know what I'm saying? Right. And it's right. like, yeah. overall, it's like, we should all be like supporting each other. And I would feel you wouldn't experience that at an HBCU. Right. If you were to experience that here at a, yeah, you get what I'm saying. So that's personally how I feel with the social pressure. And I think okay. because I've experienced like other things of racism, not only here, but at the high school that I went to, because like not to brag or anything, because for me, yeah, it's not yeah. brag worthy. Mm -hmm. But the high school that I attended was like, I think it was ranked like number one within the nation. Like it's a straight college prep school mm -hmm. and it was literally half white, half black. Got it. And I literally, that's where I spent half of my life. And people assume because of where my address is, I have money and mm -hmm. I don't, it's a struggle, but everybody doesn't experience that. But um, yeah, that's kind of how I feel with the social pressure wise. Now racism, that's like a whole different right. situation. Whole different I probably right. wouldn't want to get into mm -hmm. right now, but um I'll pass the mic to Gibby to right. give his explanations. I can go on forever. So, all right. So, Gibby. <laughs> um, so, I could probably say about the same thing. Um, I would say from my background in general for OU, it's been mostly positive. I've seen and interacted with a couple people who I can tell weren't as really, I guess, open-minded to, mm -hmm. I guess, indigenous people or just people of different like skin colors, ethnicities, right. everything like that. Mm -hmm. I um, actually, last year and this summer, I was walking to training for my job here. Okay. And it was just me on the sidewalk. I wasn't taking up the whole sidewalk. I'm not that big. Uh, some guy's walking <laughs> past me the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. He's Caucasian. Nothing wrong with that. I just got my music in, just walking. He literally walks into the grass before he, like, meets with me yeah. right. and I turn around to watch his movement. He walks back onto the sidewalk after like, it's been a couple pathways beyond right. me. And at first I was like, Oh, and I thought about, it, I was like, are you kidding me? Really? Like, that's so disrespectful in my opinion. Like regardless of how you feel, whether or not you don't like certain peoples from what you've heard, what you've seen, what you've dealt with, just because you don't know me doesn't mean you have to act a certain way like that. And I just feel as though in that scenario, he not only showed immaturity, he just showed like a closed-minded like attitude towards other people. Um, I think those two scenarios are like my only big issues at OU. 
Uh, I would say the diversity is actually my favorite thing on campus. And actually chiming off of the whole fraternity and sorority scene, I'm seeing a lot more fraternities and sororities like incorporate other races into each other, which I'm not a huge person in the Greek life. I have a couple of buddies who want me to join. Personally, I'm not into that. I'm way too independent. I I don't like to have to answer to my mother when she asks me a lot of questions. <laughs> I understand, understand that. <laughs> That's just how I am. I'm way too independent for that. But I've seen a lot more like inclusion of everybody rather than mm-hmm. like exclusion or just groups of people sitting away from each other. And there will be occasions where I'll just see only black people sitting over here and then only white people sitting over there. But I've seen a lot more like inclusions of each other within certain friend groups and all that. Like I would say, and you guys can attest to this. I know a lot of people on campus. And so low popular. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I just like, I'm a social person. I like talking to people. I know a lot of white people, black people, Mm -hmm. Indian, Asian I'm just that guy who likes to get to know people. And it's the same thing in high school. I actually went to East English Village Preparatory Academy. Oh, you went to East English Village? Yep. Oh, I, uh, <laughs> I'll get into that later. But it's, it's, it's got a name to it. Yeah. It's, it's definitely not a positive name, but it's got a name to it. Um, it's basically the new Finney because it was an old Finney there. Mm-hmm. tore down construction. But my school is located in the heart of the ghettoist neighborhood in Detroit, mm-hmm. um, all black people. I've only had like one or two white people at our school. And even then, like they were mixed. Yeah. So they weren't yeah. completely white. But one of them, she was like really light tone in like, her skin. So everybody yeah. called her white, even though she was mixed. I don't know. I've been mostly around black people most of my life. And I'm not going to lie. A lot of culture really paved me a lot mm-hmm. of way. And I almost didn't want to go to college. But then I changed my mind. I ended up going here. And at first, it was a big culture shock. Yeah. Because I would always hear jokes about, oh, all people who are black look the same, and all people who are Asian look the same. And I'm like, are you kidding me? That's not true. And I came to college, and I thought the same thing of white people, not gonna lie. I felt as though you can't talk about us if you guys look the same. But it was just a culture shock. I adjusted within like a month or two. And I've come to like and appreciate the school a lot more because of the diversity. All right. Well, thank you all for sharing. Uh, I do, me personally, uh, coming from an HBCU, uh, I definitely understand, like, like being here at Oakland, the, it's not exactly similar in terms of the support given to black students. I mean, like when you walk into the uh, tutoring or the, the center where the, where tutoring is at. Yeah. (laughs) If you go like, you know, when you walk back, like the CMI isn't exactly on the forefront. Like you got to walk all the way to the back areas just to get there. And I feel like that kind of attests to the fact that I don't think culture diversity is really pushed as much as the school wants to believe it is. I'm not saying that it's not trying, not making an effort to do that, but at the same time, I think there's still a lot of work to be done in regards to, like, yes, you had a point? No, I want you to finish. I want to chime off that. Okay. Yeah. But I think the school has a lot of work to do before it can say that, you know, we're fully, like, all mixed, like a mixed pot. So. All right. Um, my chime, I want to say off that is, like, 
for me, what I was talking about was like the society aspect of it. Mm-hmm. The school itself, I can tell, might be struggling with that just a little bit because I didn't know what CMI was at all for two straight years of being. I'm a junior now. Mm-hmm. The fact that I learned about it the summer, because I worked here over the summer, the fact that I learned about it my sophomore summer right. is kind of sad to me. And when I went to the office and they found out I didn't hear about them for two straight years, they were actually kind of confused. They said, um, mm-hmm. well, how come you never heard of us? Um, and I told them, like, I've heard of you, but I didn't know exactly what CMI was. It wasn't explained to me. I didn't know that it was, like, something to benefit people of cult, I mean, color or just everybody, obviously. But it's just I didn't really know anything about it. And um, at least my buddy who was with me there that day, he knew about it, but he just hadn't gone in for help or anything. And um, mm-hmm. the lady at the front desk and everybody there is so helpful and so yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah, they're really nice. I really love what they um, strive for there. I love it, actually. Mm-hmm. It's just I can see um, – that they kind of really want to push more with it, but they're kind of limited. I think that's what the issue is. Okay. That might be So issue. when you say limited, what do you mean by that? Like, uh, the best way I can explain limited mm-hmm. would be, it's kind of like what you said before. Mm-hmm. So OU's trying to push diversity, mm-hmm. but it isn't like one of the forefront things that it has available. Like the CMI office is literally to the side, right next to the back door for like the yeah. Um, trucks yeah, and where they deliver yeah. like all the little materials and stuff. And mm-hmm. they're like, why is it that far in the back of the building? Like, okay, if you don't have office space, sure. Yeah. But there's a big, um, this is North Foundation. There's yeah. a big um, classroom mm-hmm. in the middle of North Foundation. Mm-hmm. And they're still doing construction around campus and working on a couple things. Yeah. I also heard they were going to do construction on South Foundation. Mm-hmm. I did hear that. But I, I don't like how it was off in the back, kind of like tucked away. Yeah. Like as if it weren't important. Yeah, like almost like, like skeletons in the closet. Yeah. Like, oh, we're just gonna put this over here. No right. need to worry about this. It's there, but and then the yeah. posters for it. I don't really see that many posters about it. Yeah, they're, they're covered right. up by Ad- different advertisements. Mm. I do see a lot of like uh, support systems for like the Brotherhood. Mm-hmm. Um, I do yeah. get a lot of emails of like colored Brotherhood. I think somewhere. Yeah, it's called the uh, Circle of Brotherhood. Yeah, they, same uh, light. Yeah, they're on their stuff. I really appreciate it. I've gotten like five emails from them. Um, oh wow! And usually, uh, for their emails, I have class whenever they're going to meet together and whatnot. Mm-hmm. So I end up not going, but I can tell that they have like a really good support system there. Because even into Hillcrest, you know, when you watch straight in, there's a big TV right. mm-hmm. shows all the organizations. That's right. one of the first things I see is the Circle of Brotherhood. It's yeah, one of the passing. Yeah. And I also think that's more important now than ever, especially because, you know, being an African-American male and woman in America is like becoming tougher and tougher to, uh, you know, make an impact or just like make a stand, you know, for your own culture nowadays. So, yeah, I think that is important. But getting on to the second question. also had something to say. (laughs) Yeah. I'm sorry, Marissa. I am not. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, kind of need to go through this like the list in my yeah. head. So I'm trying to save it all in there. So, um, when you mentioned like the small things that you noticed, I literally just got off the phone with my mother before I came here, and I was telling her that I went to class today. And the class I'm taking is like an honors college class, and it's nothing but white people. Mm-hmm. There's only one other black person, and there's one other Asian person. 
And so I was telling her, I noticed every time the teacher mentions like the person in front of me, her name is Marissa. So we have the exact same name. She sits in front of me. He would always, the teacher mentions her, but never me. He will always call on her and not me. Um, he never remembers my name and we have the same name. Another example, um, we're doing presentations and a student passes out um, these abstracts for the presentation. Every single person, she literally handed the paper into her hand, but when she got to me, she slammed it on the desk and she kept going. Um, trying to think of another example. Um, there was another girl, she sits kind of like behind me, um, just kind of looked at her and I smiled and she just, yeah. yeah. So it's like, for me, it's like, I don't want to like attack another race, but personally, I always felt that, um, let's say Caucasians always felt entitled and they've always probably felt entitled to everything and everyone. Why? I don't know. But um, I noticed like small things of racism because I know you don't want to cause a big scene and it's a whole like situation. Right. So they'll do small nitpicky things. To see, like, if you'll do something, say something, react a certain way. Mm -hmm. And so I've kind of noticed that as well as, I, as I've been here. And not only that, when you mentioned about the, was the CMI office. Right. Yep. So this is what I've noticed personally. They made the LGBTQ community very more popularized yes. than mm -hmm. the CMI. And I think CMI has probably been here longer than LGBTQ. I'm not sure. I think I'm so, sure. I, yeah. because that part of the OC was just like yeah. getting through with construction. Exactly. So I think that's right. So um, there's so, certain things like that. I've noticed like they're quick to make, you know, sexuality like something to be comfortable about. But then like when it comes to racism or not racism, but like different programs for different races, it's like, right. like you have to hear through it through like the grapevine. You rarely get emails about that stuff, you know, so. And it's not to say that sexuality isn't important. Or right. It's just. Right. Something to note. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And for the people that are confused out there, CMI stands for a Center for Multicultural Initiative. Yes. And it's in North Foundation Hall, one of our um, more educational buildings that you can go to for academic support. Okay. Well, moving on to the next question. Also, thank you all for sharing your thoughts on that. Very appreciative. No problem. But the second question I wanted to touch on was... Uh, do you feel like Oakland University's uh, definition of diversity fits your definition of diversity? Or just better yet, what is your personal take on diversity at like OU. in college? Or, yeah, at OU. Um, again, I'm only a freshman here, so I have like the standard basic classes, and most of those are lecture halls. Mm -hmm. So I generally see a good amount of diversity because diversity to me is like just a splattering of everybody. It doesn't matter like what race you are or gender or anything. It's just, you have everybody in there. You have males, transgenders, blacks, Asians, like whoever. It's just hot pot. But um, in the dorms, I noticed that there's a majority of white people like on every single floor. And there's only like two blacks on my floor. It's just me and then like a guy. And then my neighbors are all black. And then all the way down, it's just white, all white people. So mm -hmm. I don't, I don't know if that's just like a random thing that happens. Or do you think it was like set that way? 
because I don't I don't want to make any right, accusations. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I don't. But well, I <laughs> I I kind of feel just a little bit uncomfortable because I don't really have anybody to relate to in that aspect and I'm trying to get to know people here and like get my degree obviously right, yeah. that's but amazing it's, it's just hard to relate on different aspects what dorm are you in? I'm in Hamlet oh wow that's oh, actually wow. shocking Yeah, I see is. a lot of black people come out of Hamlet yeah they are they're just on different floors that's crazy I'm on the yeah. um Health, health science interest floor. And that's the third floor. It's the new floor. Okay, well, that makes sense. Yeah. So, it's interesting. North or that south? That aspect. North. Okay. Mm. Oh, I have I lived on your floor freshman year. My third floor? Yep. Okay. Three north. Nice. All the way down by the exit. Same year. Oh, wow. Yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. <Same> spot. <laughs> on the right, left-hand side? Left-hand side. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. That's oh. weird. That's crazy. Yeah. Marissa. Okay. Um, that was actually a very great point. Um, I kind of want to also go back to my like personal experiences because um, this would be like my third year. And so from like the different <laughs> things, the different like dorm buildings I've, <laughs> I've lived in. Um, me personally, I don't think I had an issue with diversity within the dorms, but more of like diversity within like this outside setting. Like for me, I personally would either see black people mostly in the OC. If they're not there, then they're either in the dining halls. If they're not there, then they're either attending some type of Greek party. And that's literally where I see any of my friends mm -hmm. and a few besides the gym. But like for me personally, I think probably it's the classes that I picked. Um, you know, whenever I look up into the room or something, I don't mm. see as many people as me. Right. And it always makes me feel alone or to myself. Um, but I try not to show that because, you know, you have to really stay level-headed and mm -hmm. focused and not let that get to you. But it's always something that's, you know, going to get to you. Like, think, like, if I was, like, someone who worked in corporate America and all they see is, like, prestigious oh, yeah. white old yeah. men. Like, how you know, you you know, it makes you think, like, what if I was in another position higher up? What would I react the same? Would I do something different? But that's kind of like my intake on that. Um, yeah, I think that's it for me. <laughs> okay. Oh, that was good. That was good. Um, so I could probably say the same thing as Marissa for the dorm aspect. Uh, I guess I could kind of give a little detail. Uh, freshman year, my first roommate was Jalen. He was black mm -hmm. or he is black. Uh, <laughs> He was nice. I really appreciated him. Our sweet mates were both white, and I actually right. kind of liked that. Right, yeah. Just just because, um, I don't know if they did it on purpose. I felt like they kind of did, because me and Jalen were the only black males on the floor. Mm -hmm. like, and the old, like the only ones? The black males. Oh, black males, okay. There was another black female. Um, oh, okay. Her name is Mariama. She mm -hmm. was actually in the most diverse room. There was... Jessica, she was Caucasian. Mm -hmm. Jess, or not Jessica is Jess. <laughs> um, I want to say Abby. Yeah, Abby, she was Caucasian. Hannah's Asian. Mariama's African. Mm -hmm. And Sonya is Indian. Okay. Um, in those terms, uh, that's where I mostly see the diversity. And then uh, sophomore year, I was put into Hillcrest. 
Uh, or I wasn't put into Hillcrest. I was in Hillcrest, and it was just me by myself. So I didn't know who they roomed me with. They roomed me with my APM from last year, which I appreciated. I didn't mind that. Mm -hmm. And our roommate, um, I believe his name was... I can't remember, honestly, but he was pretty cool. He was black. Uh, My APM was Caucasian. And then this year, I chose to room with a friend. His name is Jordan. He's black. And our roommate, I think he is Caucasian and Latinx. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's what he's mixed with because his father is um, uh, uh, Caucasian. Oh, okay. No, I'm just saying, like, I didn't want to, like, kind of <laughs> cut into, like, other people because okay. they're not here. So, but, okay. Okay. Yeah, but um, his father was um, Caucasian. Mm-hmm. I didn't see his mother, but him and his brother look almost the same. Mm-hmm. Uh. In those terms, I do see a lot of diversity, but in the overall setting on the dorms, mm-hmm. I see mostly Caucasian, and it's kind of jarring at first, but then I got mm-hmm. used to it. And whenever right. I go to yeah. the OC, uh, I can always, and I remember and always picture the same people in the mm-hmm. same places. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You spy like all the food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I don't want to cut them off. Oh, no, you're right. good. It's fine. Yeah, in the big food court. We have the tables area and the tall table in the middle. Mm-hmm. All the black fraternities and sororities yeah. sit there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Are you talking about like that big area? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All the That's black fraternities and sororities oh, always eat, and, eat mm-hmm. and sit there the whole day. Right. Yeah. So it's almost like the, it's almost like clockwork. Like mm-hmm. some of them clock in and they sit there. And then when they go to class, they swap out yeah. for other people. And it's, it's always the same group of people mm-hmm. or like. I guess friends of each other. I don't know. It's it's kind of nice to see they're there, and I, I really do appreciate it because mm-hmm. they're all pretty nice. I've walked up and talked to them a couple of times here and yeah, there. Yeah, they're, they're chill. Um, and I've actually seen a couple white people or Caucasian people sit mm-hmm. with them and talk and whatnot. It's I'm not gonna lie, it's a bit more rare, but I have seen it be done. Yeah, I've yeah, seen it happens. happen here and there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but overall, for the dorms, it's mostly been Caucasian. Um, I want to say this year we've had the biggest influx of African-Americans coming in as freshmen. Mm-hmm. Because I believe before my freshman year we had the biggest. Yeah, we did. Mm-hmm. And then this year... Um, like they didn't have room for us. Like yeah. Actually, before I even came here, I was in the hotel down the street. Mm-hmm. And, I remember you told yeah, me that. So it was like, it's crazy because at first I was like, oh, there's no way they beat us. Our freshman year, we pulled in so many black people. <laughs> and then I look up. Yeah. I was really yeah. shook because during like class change period and class start period, I'm on shift. I drive bear bus. I stop at Hamlin. I see people coming out. I'm like, oh, okay. And I notice, wait, I haven't seen like a Caucasian person in like three crowds. What's going on? <laughs> And then I'll see like a couple white people, and then all finally the Caucasians start rolling out. I'm like, what happened? Why is this so? I'm so confused. And I really thought our freshman year had the biggest influx, but I believe this year it's the oh, biggest influx year. of black people. Yeah. Yep. Which I do appreciate. Yeah. Uh, also, another portion of that is probably transfer students as well, just considering that I was one of those transfer <laughs> students being an African American male, though. Yeah. I mean, I can't really speak to previous years, though, but I mean, like, I got to say in Hillcrest, like, I'm roomed with uh, two two guys who are Caucasian and one Asian male, and, you know, it's a pretty even mix of 
you know, different cultures and opinions. But like I said, I think you guys like have much more weight behind, you know, your stories just because you've been here longer and kind of seen how things have changed and progressed. But with that, uh, we're going to take a quick five minute break. So stay tuned. Gotta break the ice. Hey guys, we are back. And with our final question, which is how are you guys adapting to university life? Aaron, <laughs> do I start? Okay. Oh. That's <laughs> so funny. <laughs> I'm, sorry. Is it I'm so sorry. Ignore me. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> Adapt. I don't know. I feel like I need more time to answer that question. Um, I kind of hesitate putting this out there, but I had a white roommate, and then um, apparently I'm like a I'm a very much an early bird. Like I wake up at like four thirty in the morning, and then I go to the yeah. Gym. Which I mean, <laughs> it's hard for me to get up at five a.m. Four thirty and pushing it. <laughs> so. But um, since so. we didn't have, she was a late bird, so she got up at like twelve. So we weren't compatible sleep-wise. Mm -hmm. um, so she asked to switch rooms, and we switched rooms, right? And then when I was telling my family and like, other friends about it later on, they said it was weird because now, after the switch, one room is all white, and then the other one is just me and then an Indian girl. So it's one room that's colored, and then the other room that's fully white. And they said... It wasn't necessarily like racist, but I should not be taking it lightly because that it has like that racist undertone to it. So I don't necessarily know how to feel about that, but I'm not going to like add on any like wounds to it or anything like that because it's really not worth it. I don't think like both sides are nice and my new roommate is like heavy sleeper. So I'm, I'm fine. But um, adjusting, like, dorm room-wise, since you're living there, right, it, I don't think it's a bad thing. I don't like how um, a lot of people leave for the weekend, so I don't really get to, like, chill with anybody. I don't mm -hmm. really get to hang out with anybody because they all have cars, and I can't try. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm stuck on campus. But it's not a bad thing either. Like, I can study a lot, I guess. Um, classes, I have a lot of good professors, so good. I can ask them like, a whole bunch of questions and they'll only be more excited for me. So I feel like academically, I'm not doing that bad either. So, and overall, I feel like I'm adapting well, but it's only my first semester. So. I mean, that's good. If you feel like you're doing fine now, though, I mean... It should only get better. I mean, don't jinx me, please. Yeah, <laughs> I was about to say, here you go. <laughs> Setting uh, the undertone. Right. Okay. So, Marissa. Okay. I always got a lot to say, so I have to simplify my answers. Um, before I get into like the adjusting my point of view, mm -hmm. I've always noticed um, ever since, not to be all historical or anything, but like people, obviously we went through a lot with the civil civil rights movement, all that stuff. But I noticed after that, we've always self-segregated ourselves. 
Mm. So how we do in the cat, uh, not cafeteria. So like the OC, for example, all the black people sit in one area, all white people sit in one area. And it's not like, because we have to, but it's like, because we want, want to, yeah. and it's already programmed into us to even do that. Something that I've noticed within any situation with like within the school or with, you know what I'm trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, so adjusting, I think, for me, I'm just at a point in my life where, I don't know, I'm just getting older and I just don't have time for a lot of crap. Yes. Yeah. And I'm like, think to myself, I pay too much money for anyone to make me feel uncomfortable or for me to not feel like I'm not welcomed. Um, so from my personal experiences, I've never lived with anyone black. The people that I lived with, um, they were they are Caucasian, but I've had great relationships with them and we're still roommates to this day. So now, I think you know the story, but mm-hmm. have a great story. Um, so the roommate I'm currently with now, um, I'm not going to say her name, but okay. um, this has been an ongoing issue since freshman year. Um, so I didn't live in the room with her, but I lived on the same floor. Um, so she is dating a African-American male. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so they've been together a long time. Um, we were all hanging out, had like a little dorm party, and he said something to her. And then she turned around and said something, something. She said the N-word. Oh. And not only that, mm-hmm. she said the it R- to him. The R-N-word. Well. A. Okay. Either oh, one is just bad. Just for clarity. Okay. Either one is bad. But I know, I know. She did say that. Not only that, I wasn't the only other black person in the room. Got it. So, hmm. still trying not to get (laughs) mad about it. Um, I know. Every person is going to react different. Um, So, in that moment, I just kind of was like, let me step back and see what he's going to do. Because that is his girlfriend. That's their situation. He did nothing. So um, I kind of talked to him on the side about that. Like, I don't know what y'all do in y'all relationship, but she can't say that around me. It's not okay. Mm-hmm. Sophomore year. Um, both of our doors are open. We're in Vandy. I hear her watching TV. That's how loud her TV is. And she says something. She's like, run. And we're run. Like, run. I'm like, all the way in the other room. And I literally screamed through the uh, doorway, like, you cannot say that. And I left the room because my first reaction was literally going to, like, be physical. I'm trying to keep this professional as possible, but it's not okay. This year, um, once again, my door is open. She has a friend over with her, with her. She has a friend there, and her conversation is very loud to where I can hear her. Um, she once again says the word. I don't know what context, but once again, I left the room. And at that point, I just contacted an RA because it's an ongoing situation. And so you can't control what people do with like not within your presence, but you can control what they do within your presence. Mm -hmm. I can't tell her what to say when she's not around me. But if I'm there, you have to have some type of respect for like me. Like, that's not okay. Like, I wouldn't say like, you know, cracker or something like that. Like, that's. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's just, like, disrespectful, you know? Yes. Um, so it was, like, a whole situation where the RA had to get involved, and she was saying if it was, like, 
any more than what's going on. They would have to get like the dean of students, like a whole situation. But pretty much, all of us sat down. Um, even the other roommate had that had nothing to do with the situation. We all had to sit down and talk about it. But I pretty much explained to her this has been ongoing. We have confronted her about this more than one time, and she still is doing this. And it's like she just doesn't care. Um, now I haven't heard her say anything about it, but pretty much, we had to explain to her. How I reacted is the most professional way for me to act, because if I was to say, actually be physical, I can get kicked out. Right. Right. So now it's like I'm seen as the angry black woman. And it's like, that's not what I am. I mm -hmm. reacted to something that has obviously been upsetting me. But mm -hmm. in the outside world. That's a different story because you can't control how other people are going to react. Like, if she, let's just say she's in the wrong place at the wrong time. Using those contexts, yeah, that's it. Other well, things can happen, so I'm not gonna. Yeah. You get where I'm going. So, mm -hmm. um, that's been an issue um, with that particular person for this is two years now. So, I don't know if she still does this or not. Um, I don't know if she still does this with her boyfriend or not. But something that I felt she feels that because her boyfriend is African American, she so has she that right. Mm -hmm. And my other roommate is dating an African-American. She doesn't say it. She's, she's told me her boyfriend has given her the right to say that, which is another <laughs> scenario we're not going to get into. We're not going to get into that. <laughs> um, but she said, I still don't say it because it's just very disrespectful. And yeah. I really respect her for that. Now, her boyfriend is holding a different situation. But um, that's kind of like the situation right now between our dynamic. We've I, For me, I've gotten past it, you know, but... There's other stuff going on right now, but um, personally, that's the type of racism things that I've experienced me personally because that is a lot um, for anyone to have to deal with. But um, adjustment, yeah, pretty much. I feel like I do belong here, my money's good here, you know, mm. money doesn't discriminate, so why should people? <laughs> <laughs> I love that well phrase. <laughs> I love that phrase yeah. so much. <laughs> um, try them off that before I get into the like adjustment. Uh, definitely, I understand where you're coming from. Uh, me personally, I used to not care if people say it, but over time, I realized that's not really respectful of like people who came before me mm -hmm. and right. the history with the word itself. Mm -hmm. So, like, if any of my friends or people in general just around me say it, I'm gonna advise them not to say it. But I'm not about to help them if they say it out in public and somebody else somebody wants to teach else. them the lesson that right. I could teach them. But I choose to be nice. the more upper person yeah. and realize if I just show them like all this anger I potentially have for them, mm -hmm. I look worse. I come out at the bottom. Mm -hmm. right. So it makes no sense for me to just go out here and be mad. Mm -hmm. I used to have an anger issue problem. So back before in high school, when my friend said to hard ER, he's black. He said the hard ER, and like I was arguing with him, like, bro, you shouldn't be saying that and whatnot. This was my right. freshman year, right? And then after a year, I got so desensitized to it because everybody in the school would say it in like a joking context, yeah. For me, it's the opposite, but yeah, continue. and like after for a while, I can't lie, I even said it like a couple times in a joking way, mm -hmm. but then after like junior year, when junior year hit, I think that's when it really sunk in. I'm like. We really just desensitized ourselves for this, huh? Like, yeah. are we really like 
going to make jokes about ourselves and just make us not like ourselves even more because of this. If anything, we're using the word to harm us. Okay, if you want to use the A to like represent your brother, your kin, people who are close to you, I kind of understand that. But you can't get mad at nobody else if they say it because they're going to look at it like it's a word. And if you want to also believe in freedom of speech, you can't be mad at them for doing that. But I just don't feel like you can't have that double standard um, hypocrisy with you. So while I'm not going to lie, I say the A in context of other ways when I'm just around friends. Right. I don't get mad when other people say it. And I know I did just kind of flip flop. I don't get mad when other people say it because if I did, I would get physical and then I come out, like I said, on the bottom. So as of right now, um, if people are going to use the whole freedom of speech thing to say what they want to say, go ahead, say it. Go ahead. I'm not going to help you if something happens to you outside of my context that ain't got nothing to do with me. Right. Oh, Gibby, this happened. Can you help? No, yeah. not help you with nothing. You're you not responsible for the actions that other people take. Exactly. Because you know everything you do has consequences. Right. Exactly. Bad, it doesn't matter. So. That's how I look at it now. But um, I would say adjusting to college, mm-hmm. it's, it's a war to each. It's a, it's a battle within myself. That leads to many wars for me, truth be told. I'm not going to lie. It's Every semester is very different because of classes, scheduling, and now mm-hmm. on top of that, I have two jobs. So, And then personal issues, financial issues. Mm-hmm. It's an ever-increasing battle that just gets different wars and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I'm not going to lie. It, I'm currently trying to come out of a rough patch right now with financial issues. But like a week ago, I was coming out of like a patch of like grades and like scheduling my studying time. Mm -hmm. So one thing I would say to anybody, even to you about like just doing your best in college, schedule, 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 plan, 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 look ahead as often and as much as you can. I guarantee you, if you can do that and semi follow it, I'll say 60%. Mm -hmm. You can do at least a little bit over half like trying for that schedule, I guarantee you, you will do okay. Now, if you want to strive for the elites, you're going to have to follow at least 80%. Can't 80 lie. to 100. Exactly. Yeah. That's the crazy. Yeah. But scheduling and just time, like, yep, time management. Um, I actually, I'm on academic probation. It's not a bad thing. My academic mm-hmm. probation is because I have a job that uh, required me to have a 2.75. I currently have a 2.56 because of calculus. <laughs> so, <laughs> I so yeah, I mean, I, I, I've been places. I, I know um, I'm currently on the rise with my grade because my grade was down to a 1.2 at the lowest. Mm-hmm. And now it jumped back up to a 2.56. I'm kind of happy and proud of myself for that. But I can't get too comfortable with that because right. I don't want to be on academic probation. Yeah. Any longer than I have to be. Not right. over to a fat lady six. Yeah. So uh, I would just say meet with people. They actually have like a success office in yep. Hillcrest. Um, that's where I go for I'm not sure my that's in Hillcrest. I might be no, there, there is one. Oh, there is one? Yeah. Um, you know, right on the third floor, right before you go down the big set stairs to get to the cafeteria? Yeah. You turn left down that hall, right next to the bathrooms. That's oh, their I office. Know. I know um, there's one in North Foundation Hall. Yeah. You, Mariana. Yeah, there's one there. Because I think you might be getting it confused with the marketing center. Because that's like the marketing area. That's the marketing area? Yeah, that's like the marketing office. 
I mean, they they also can answer questions. Oh, oh this is where I go for my meetings. <laughs> like I have to uh, do a mandatory meeting every two weeks. In that office? Yep. Oh, well, I guess there might be a success center. I don't know. I have to look into that. I don't know exactly if that's what it's <laughs> called, but uh, I meet with Sarah Robinson. Um, she's okay. very nice. I love her. She's so good to me. Um, mm-hmm. She just gave me a stop watch timer thingy. I don't know. It's it's a little like clock, a, like, a uh, like a timer. Mm-hmm. Um, she said usually people would use their phones, but when you're studying, you don't, want to be looking at don't your use your phone. Put it face down. Put it away from you. Turn it on. Do not disturb mode if you have to. Just especially don't put the vibrator on or don't have the ringer on. Right. Um, and she recommended to me herself, uh, since you have an Apple Watch, take it off. So you don't get forced to look at it to be like, oh, okay, I got to look it down on my phone. No. Take it off, put it on the charger base, use your timer. And she gave me a lot of tips on like study for an hour at a time. Give yourself like a 30-minute to an hour break. And a five-hour study session is easy to digest over a period of seven hours mm-hmm. because then you'll have your breaks in between. So really the biggest thing about adjusting is – Literally just making sure you schedule out and time everything. That's just in my opinion, though. Okay. Well, thank you, everyone, for giving your thoughts on all three of the questions. What was your thought? Just to close out, I'm going to get into that in a second. But <laughs> just to, like, close out, the last question pretty much I'm going to ask is, like, what are your, you know, how do you think we can help to further the discussion about some of the things that we have already mentioned as we've spoken uh, towards them. But anyway, uh, my thoughts on adjustment as a transfer student uh, coming from the school that I used to go to, which was an HBCU, uh, it has been a little bit of a culture shock for me. Uh, Before I came here, I took a year of community college to kind of get my academic uh, confidence back. As uh, coming out of the school I came from, I was in a bit of a rough patch with grades and everything. So I kind of had to prove myself again uh, because I, I have like, I'm a person that sets standards and bars for myself in terms of grades. Like my grades are where my confidence comes from because I came from a college preparatory high school and it was also one of the best in the city. Uh, and so, you know, being in college, though, I have a bit of a I have to set an example for other people that are below me, which is why when I was coming here, I've been really trying to work my hardest to maintain like a good grade point average, uh, still maintain my social life, though, and then keep my connection strong with the people that I interact with. So uh, I do have to say the biggest challenge, though, I've had here is just like from a culture standpoint. But, but even from a culture standpoint, I can't say it's been too difficult because coming out of high school, I was around every race. So and even though I went to an HBCU where it was all like black males uh, coming here where it's like a mixed pot, uh, not too bothered by it, because if anything, I think it's kind of more beneficial being here than it was there because I'm getting perspectives from everybody opposed to just uh, my own people. Because in the real world, it's it's everybody. There isn't just like one specific race of people that run everything. Even though some people might want to believe that is not the case. You know, you go out of country, Asian, Mexican, Italian. You know, you got to have a little bit of every piece of the pie 
in order to eat your fill. <laughs> so now moving on to the next question, <laughs> just to close out uh, this overall thoughts on how we can continue this discussion moving into next year. So, or just later on this year, like. I don't know. There's a, like, a whole plethora of different subtypes you could talk about when it comes to this type of stuff, at least in my opinion. Um, to continue it, I feel like you could go into like different jobs and the diversity there versus um, like marrying interracially, having um, young kids and deciding like what cultures to teach them and how to go about teaching them so that they don't turn out to be like a bigot in any way. Um, different, <laughs> <laughs> different like education systems, they have a whole different percentage of diversity there too. So figuring out where to place their child or maybe like where to teach to get the best um, like influence there. I, I just feel like there's a bunch of topics you could talk about. Okay, uh, how about you, Marissa? Um, yeah, I kind of do agree with um, Aaron. There's a lot. Um, one of them, for me specifically, um, well, actually two, the adjusting like subtopic. Um, I kind of want to. I would want to talk about um, like how a freshman could adjust and like what's mm -hmm. the actual end goal. Because actually, a teacher literally told me this semester. Um, pretty much, the school it pretty much keeps you enclosed until you get into the real world and the job of the school is to prepare you for the real world because you'll be here for four years, but you want to have a job for 40 years, you know? Right. So that's something like I would want to talk about. Um, and for me too, um, success within African-Americans, especially particular black women, mm -hmm. because I do feel like we get it the hardest. We have to work triple as hard than we would have to work whether it be like a black male or just Caucasian. So mm -hmm. those are a couple of things like I would want to discuss or would be great subtopics to talk okay. about. Um, uh, I guess I would just say uh, just social interactions is another topic that I extremely love. Like, mm -hmm. honestly, I'm surprised that's not related to my major but I love um, talking about like social interactions, better ways to confront people or just discuss things with them, mm -hmm. um, easier ways to approach difficult situations or scenarios that you might play out well in your head, but in reality, it's a little bit harder to do in public or just to a group of people or a person in general. Mm -hmm. um, I feel like that's an issue that a lot of people have towards different races, not even just whites towards blacks. I know a lot of black people who are um, wondering how do they approach white people. And because I'm a person where I talk and know everybody or a lot of people, as a lot of people have told me, um, they're like, or I've actually had both ends of the system talk to me. So um, my buddies who might be Caucasian would be like, well, I like this one girl. She's pretty nice. Um, ah, she's black. I just don't know how to approach her. I'm like, well, how would you approach any other girl? Like, if she's interested, she'll show that. It's right. it's not something you just overthink. Mm -hmm. But just because it's not the norm, a lot of people aren't used to it. And so it's kind of like a gray area for them. Right. And if it's a gray area and you haven't approached it yet, you're going to wait until you feel comfortable to or you're just not going to mess with it at all. 
which is an issue that I feel as though could be easily like mended if people talk about it more, maybe even just get out their comfort zone more, uh, even people in the black community as well. I know black people who think that all white people are crazy. That's not <laughs> the case. It's, it's both sides of the coin. Yeah. There are crazy people on both sides. There mm-hmm. are people who are racist on both sides. And yes, you can be black and be racist. I've yes, known yes, people. Any Anybody can be racist, prejudiced against another group of people. doesn't matter. I've been told by a lot of people in my past where it's like, we can never be racist. I'm like, are you kidding me? <laughs> That's <laughs> literally how racism started. Yeah. That's, oh, you're not helping at all. Well, maybe not literally how racism started, but that's against. In general. Yeah. yeah. But that's my point. A lot of people aren't open-minded to it. And so when I'm just this anomaly person that knows a lot of people, um, some of my friends are kind of shocked. And they're like, well, how do you do it? I'm like, look, man, the fact that you asked me that. <laughs> is not frustrating. It's just kind of like, wow, how are you in college? You're like, what do you mean? I'm like, well, it's just a social interaction. What school did you go to? Uh, the middle of the ghettoist area in Detroit. And they're like, well, how do you talk to people? I'm just a social person. Yeah, I'm very that, extroverted. That's what it boils down to. I used to be introverted. Sometime in high school, I became extroverted. And then college just flourished that all out of me because now we're in a diverse setting and we're all adults. Right. And that's what people fail to realize. Since we're out on our own, it's a lot of issues that people haven't really taught us, not just from home, but outside, say, school or even work at that period of our life. But social interactions is a great topic I feel like would be really good for a podcast. And I would love to be a part of it. Yeah, I feel like you're looking at me to do that, which uh, personally, uh, in regards to me continuing the discussion, uh, I think going like to conferences and seminars and just kind of giving, hearing people's personal experiences on um, how they've, like what Gibby said, how they've interacted with other people and then having like me or somebody kind of give our thoughts on like how they can go about this in a better way, kind of educating them on some of the false stereotypes that a lot of Caucasian or really uh, for any race for that matter, has in regards to another though, you know, so we can debunk some things though and kind of become less ignorant and become more knowledgeable about how to treat each other appropriately in this ever changing epoch of a world. Yep. <laughs> so uh, with that, uh, I'd like to thank uh, Gibby and Marissa, as well as my co-host Aaron for giving their thoughts today on today's show. And uh, is there anything you guys would like to say to the audience before we end? Or I'm good. I'm good, too. <laughs> All right, Aaron. Uh, final season is approaching. So everyone, don't forget to sleep well. Make sure you're eating healthy vegetables, fruits. Um, kind of cut back on your meats, especially those carcinogens like beef. <laughs> um, <laughs> make sure you're planning out your time because self-care is important. It helps improve your own self-esteem and your self-efficacy. It's on, on, whoa, excuse me. (laughs) Honestly, it's just, it's a really good experience if you feel good about yourself. And when you feel good about yourself, you feel good about the things that you know. So take it easy, take care, and I'll see you guys in two weeks.
if we're still here in two weeks. <laughs> but uh, if you guys are wondering where you can find and listen to this podcast, I upload every two weeks on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, YouTube, if I'm feeling like it, and uh, really Google Play, maybe, and Google Podcasts. So that's where you can find and listen to this. And with that, I will either see you in two weeks or next year. And hopefully you have a good rest of your day wherever you are, and we'll talk to you later. Bye.